is Hinter Tales. I'm Rachel Dunstan Muller with stories of curious people, places, and events from the margins of history. My story this time comes from the community that I grew up in, the city of Nanaimo, which is about 70 miles north of Victoria on Vancouver Island. It begins a little over a hundred years ago, when Nanaimo was a much smaller coal town, and it continues right into the present, as some of the best stories do. The first thing you need to know is that Robert Booth wasn't born blind. As a young boy, he could see everything any child growing up in Nanaimo in the early 1900s could see. The sun rising over the coastal mountains, the ships being loaded in the harbor, the miners coming home with coal-blackened faces. Robert's own father worked in the mines, which might explain the tin box that Robert and his friends found when they were exploring his father's workshop. They were boys, only 12 years old. They were curious. They wanted to see what was inside. When they couldn't pry the box open, Robert struck it. Once, twice, three times. And on the third strike, the blasting caps inside exploded in his face, blinding him in one eye. Now, Robert's parents were originally from England, and they believed that England was where Robert would receive the best medical care. Things were still pretty primitive on the west coast of Canada a century ago. Now, traveling all the way back to England was a considerable expense for a coal mining family. But Robert's mother was adamant that this was their best chance to save their son's eyesight. And so she accompanied him on the long journey. But something went terribly wrong with the surgery. When it was over, not only was Robert still blind in his injured eye, but he'd lost sight in his second eye as well. Robert returned home completely blind. He couldn't see his bedroom or his school books or his siblings' faces. It was all gone. No more harbor, no more mountains, no more sunsets or stars. But in the years that followed, Robert discovered a new connection to the world, one that brought a different kind of color and light into his life he discovered music. His passion was so strong that when he was old enough, he traveled down to Berkeley, California to study conservatory music by Braille. He became a proficient piano teacher and learned how to tune pianos, which gave him the means to support himself when he returned to Nanaimo. Now, Robert was a very intelligent young man, and he liked books. But his access to reading material in Braille was limited, and so he would find his way around the corner where a kind young woman named Florence would read to him. 
But it wasn't Florence who captured his heart during these visits. It was her younger sister, Lillian. Robert and Lillian quickly developed a special connection. There was a special understanding between them. As a young child, Lillian had had whooping cough, and it had left her partially deaf. She had a hearing aid to help compensate, but she had a unique empathy for the challenges that Robert faced. Robert and Lillian were married in her parents' home on a lovely spring day in 1919. He was 24, and she was 21. They had their first son a year later, a second son two years after that, and in 1930, Lillian gave birth to their final child, a daughter named Thelma. Life was good. Pianos were very important in those days before television, and Robert's tuning skills were very much in demand. He would repair old pianos in his basement and make house calls with the help of a series of young drivers. He was a familiar presence in every church, every school, every household with a piano in the Nanaimo area. He had more than enough work to keep food on the table. Well, if there was food on the table, there was music everywhere they went. The Booths had two pianos of their own in their spacious home, and Robert played whenever he had the chance. When they visited friends and family, there was more singing and playing. Music was central to their lives. Summers were especially wonderful for the Booths. When the children were young, the family would travel up to their grandfather's property on Nanus Bay, about 20 miles north of Nanaimo. The three children learned to swim in the ocean and caught trout in a local stream with bent safety pins. Their daughter, Thelma, had fond memories of her father on the beach in an old-fashioned one-piece bathing suit. When she was small, she would ride her father's back as he swam through the water. He was always very careful, didn't go out too far. Robert was close to all three of his children. When they were old enough, his sons took turns driving him to his appointments. It was a great arrangement, until the Second World War began and both sons enlisted in the army. There weren't many able-bodied young men around during the war years, so Lillian rose to the occasion and got behind the wheel herself at this point. It marked the beginning of a new chapter. From then on, Robert and Lillian were partners. She was responsible for transportation and for any errand or activity that required sight, while Robert remained focused on the minute adjustments that his clients' pianos needed. And happily, both of their sons returned safely at the end of the war. By this point, Robert's exceptional sense of hearing and his sensitive hands were legendary. He was being called out all over the central Vancouver Island area whenever a piano was out of tune, and the booths were trusted and appreciated everywhere they went. Their clients would regularly leave keys under the mat and notes that told them to make themselves a cup of tea. But as the booths got older, 
their adult children began to express concern that it might be time to slow down. Robert was having none of that. He told his daughter Thelma that he would rather drop in his tracks from overwork than become an invalid. Robert and Lillian were at Thelma's home for dinner one April evening in 1965 when Robert complained that he wasn't feeling well. He'd worked on three pianos in a nearby Baptist church earlier in the day, and those three pianos were the last that he touched. He died a few days later of an aortic aneurysm at the age of 69. Lillian lived to be 91. She never remarried and instead divided her time between her three children's homes in various parts of British Columbia. She was completely deaf by the time she died and had stopped talking. According to her wishes, her daughter scattered both Robert and Lillian's ashes along the shore at Nanus Bay, where they'd spent so many golden summers. Thelma Bradbury, the Booth's youngest child, spent her final years in an extended care facility within walking distance of my own home until she passed away just a few months shy of her 90th birthday. I had the privilege to meet with Thelma when I was researching this story a few years ago. Thelma spoke of both her parents with tremendous affection. She described her mother's warmth, her kindness, how much Thelma's girlfriends all loved her. And when she spoke of her father, her voice swelled with pride. He could do anything, she told me. It had been more than five decades since her father had passed, and yet Thelma still broke down and wept when she told me about his death. He was my daddy, she said, and I was his little girl. Thelma was extremely proud of both her parents, and she wanted to recognize their story in a special way. She was one of the original volunteers at the Port Theatre, an 800-seat live performance theatre in downtown Nanaimo. And when she learned that the Port was in need of a proper piano, she started fundraising in her parents' name. The Robert and Lillian Booth Piano Fund was initiated in 1993. It took some time, but in the end, Thelma persuaded more than 400 individuals, businesses, and organizations to donate in excess of $100,000 for a Steinway Concert Grand Piano. It is a gorgeous black piano, and post-COVID, it will still be the one patrons here when the symphony is on stage, or when Diana Krall, a native of Nanaimo as well, happens to drop by. It is the perfect tribute to a couple who together kept Nanaimo's pianos in tune for almost half a century. If you ever happen to find yourself in my hometown... I would urge you to drop into the lobby of the Port Theatre. There you'll find a memorial plaque with a photograph of Robert and Lillian Booth on their wedding day. And when you look at that picture, 
you'll see two people who understood that the best way to perceive the world isn't through the eyes or the ears. It's through the heart. I had multiple sources for this episode, including two interviews with Thelma Bradbury and several online documents. If you enjoyed this episode of Hintertales, be sure to join me for my next episode, which features the harrowing adventures of a young family stationed on one of British Columbia's most remote light stations. This episode of Hintertales was written, narrated, and produced by Rachel Dunstan Muller with music and sound effects by zapsplat.com. Learn more about my work at racheldunstonmuller.com.